What's up, everybody? It's the Carl Weathers Predator Weathers Report, featuring the action Jackson AccuPredator Doppler weather radar forecast with none other than the inimitable, the invaluable, the inflammable Cardi B. What's up there, Cardi B? I just chill. Just give it a weather out. You know what I'm saying? I know what you said, but do the folks at home know what you said? I believe they do. <laughs> Hang on a second. Why is the Discord opening? Why can't we see no Discords? Well, it turns out that it was a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. What did you tell them about it? It was sunny. It was cool. It was cool and sunny. Sure was. It was a real knockout of a day. I tell you, it really was a punch to the gut to not have it rain today. If I could do a round, if I could do, I was uppercutting my tomatoes earlier. Are you just trying to make boxing analogies? Uh, that's true. Yes, yes. Hang on, we're we're doing all sorts of kinds of things right now. Hang on. All right, now we can. Now we're good. Now we're good to go. As we wonder what it's like as we reside in this cave of forgotten dreams, Bane. What do you have any words of wisdom that you would like to share with us? I can destroy everyone, but I'm not, but I can. Ah. That seems very violent. Why are you why, why the violence, Bane? What do you mean why the violence? There's no other way to destroy your enemies. Yes, you can perhaps have a conversation with them. You can discuss your differences. You can turn the voice through use the voice on them like in Dune. Well, how does the voice go? It goes like this. Watch. Give me some toast. I don't have any toast. How would you like me to make you toast? I'm just hungry. I would like toast. We've been in this cave of forgotten dreams. I would like a breakfast with eggs and toast. And bacon? How dare you? You know that I'm half pig. Werner Herzog is my name. I am half man, half pig, a swine. But all filmmaker. I've made the movie Cave of Forgotten Dreams. You might have forgotten that. I've forgotten none of your movies. In fact, I will destroy you. Why is that you are hell-bent on destroying? It's what I do. Why do you think that is? Well, uh, I feel reward in it. What is the reward of ultimate destruction to just tear down? Is it self-destruction that you're after? Little Bane. Not really. Why? Because I wonder, what drove you to this madness? What drove you to this 
end of wanting to destroy everything? I think maybe it comes from my upbringing. Tell us more. Uh, my mother. She never loved me. Such a shame. Now, you are hell-bent on destroying everyone to try to correct the damage that has been done to you, Bane. You know, this is a breakthrough we're having. It turns out I don't want to destroy everything. There you have it. We've... We've cured Bane of his homicidal mania. Just kidding, I want to destroy everything! Ah. Oh well. Hey everybody, what's up? Oh my goodness, I gotta... I gotta raise my chair up. I'm like 10 feet tall, but I look like I'm 3 feet tall when I'm sitting on this chair. Good golly, hello, welcome. Uh, it's me, Aristotle Full Throttle. You know, we've been doing this for a while. You know me. Kinda just... It's a Monday. Usually I try to make beats. I was trying to make beats. Hey, Ange, did you see that uh, Bane, that Bane could destroy everything? But he wasn't, but he can. He was bar to, to borrow a turn of phrase. Hey, baby. I can destroy everything. But I'm not. What? But I can. Baby. Shut up and give us your money. <laughs> Shut up and give us your money. I can destroy everything, but I'm not. <laughs> that is but the, I can. That is a classic quote here on Aristotle Full Throttle. That is a classic quote. I was going to make an in a new intro today. I didn't have time. I, I did a lot of stuff earlier today, so I was happy about that. I got I felt accomplished. Always do at least one thing a day. Don't, don't uh, punish not doing the things you wanted to do. Reward the things you actually got done. I paid my SAG. I paid my SAG dues. That was a thing I got done today. I was, I'm also looking for plane tickets back to New York, because you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to leave LA for a while. <laughs> you know? I'm not working. I mean, I had that call back Friday. I didn't hear nothing back from them. That's a shame. Good golly. It's an H&R Block commercial. Look, for, look out for a brown, a brown guy who's not going to be me. I did see my friend Bruce at that callback audition. He's funny because he's uh, Bruce and I share an afro. We have had I've known Bruce since 2005. Me and Bruce used to play uh, with a bunch of folks on the beach. This game. I've known Bruce forever. He's an actor. You've seen him. He's that he plays Zendaya's father. He plays Zendaya's father in the show uh, Insomnia. What's that show on HBO? That show it's like. What's that show on HBO? With Zendaya. Anyway, Bruce. That's my friend Bruce. He plays her dad. But he's a white guy, see? And but and I'm not. So I got we both got like curly hair. So whenever like there's probably a note that they want someone with an afro. Euphoria, that's it. Whenever they want someone with like an afro, me and him always get called. <laughs> So we see each other at the same thing, and we're like, chocolate and vanilla. <laughs> we're like, brownie and blondie. You know what I mean? They're like, they, they don't know what flavor they want, so they call us both every time. But he gets the parts, though. He's good. You know, he's been, he's been, he's, he went to school to do acting. So he's good at it. I, I just show up and I go, hey, pretty cool, huh? <laughs> 
I've been working on it. I've been trying to do some monologues and stuff, and you know, just show I do like improv with jokes. With uh, but it's fun to do improv with other people. It's hard to do improv by yourself. It's not entirely hard because the, the the fun about it is the collaboration. I do like to collaborate. I like to collaborate, especially on music. Music is the thing that moves me the most. And I found that if you start playing a beat or playing something on the guitar or something, for instance, Oliver. You might have heard him talking on Friday's show. He was the drummer of my band back in the day. And uh, I was the bassist of his band back in the day. And, uh, you know, we would... I would come up with a riff or he'd come up with a drum beat. And one of us would play something that the other one just wasn't thinking about. Like, So he'd play like... I'd play like a riff. Like this riff. Right here. I, I, that's me playing the riff on a bass. So then he comes in with a disco beat. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, cool. You know? Anyway, point is, collaborating is fun because what happens is you get an, you come up with like part of an idea and then the other person hears that and then gives them an idea and then you hear their idea you come up with another idea for their idea that you, it just keeps going on and on. I, I do believe that two heads are better than one. In fact, that's a song in uh, the first Bill and Ted's movie. Also, no, second Bill and Ted's movie. Also, it reminds me of Lennon and McCartney. Three heads, speaking of Colleen. What's up, Colleen? Spoiling everything. It's oh, And I killed Sparky too. <laughs> Two heads are better than one. Something like that. I forget how it goes, but it's in the, it's in one of the Bill and Ted's movies. The point is, let's see. Look at here. The point is. Ideas. There's so many of them. They're infinite. And they're not all inside every like one person's head. Even John and Paul had to like pick each other's brains constantly. And it's fun to watch. There's a new documentary coming out. Obviously, you guys have seen the previews by now. If you're not, what kind of Beatles fan are you? <clears throat> There's a new documentary coming out directed by uh, Peter Jackson. And it he took 57 hours. Uh, from the movie Let It Be, which, by the way, Let It Be is the most depressing movie you'll ever watch in your life. I saw it when I was at a breakup. I was breaking up when I was a kid. I was like in high school and I saw Let It Be. Oh, no, I was a freshman in college and I was watching Let It Be and I was crying because I was like, yeah, I don't I understand that <laughs> feeling. Look at these guys breaking up. But uh, Peter Jackson looked at the footage the 57 hours of footage, and he's and he he's crafting it into a story that also existed at the time, which was their friendship and their creativity together. Instead of focusing on the fact that, of course, yes, they are breaking up. During, I mean, they broke up a year later, technically, officially. They probably because um, here's the thing: I I believe Let It Be was filmed. They did. They were like gonna film them writing, and then performing an album. And then they were just going to turn that album into an album, a live album. So they, this is going to be amazing, this, this new documentary that comes out in a couple weeks. It's just going to be the Beatles writing an album. They're writing Let It Be, and it's just it's incredible. Just watching those songs pop out of their heads that have been classics for 50 years. So you just go, wow, these are classic songs, and now they're just coming out of their mouths. Uh, and uh, it's it's really interesting. I, I'm I'm such a fan of that kind of thing. So it's a multiple. Your your uncle met Lennon. Is your uncle 
named Jared Leto. Um, how many times have you had to say that I did not kill Sparky? I did not kill anyone. I did not. What else? <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, so the point is, there's no point to anything. I always say the point is, but there's no point. This is all pointless, guys. Uh, I hate to say it, I had to break it to you. The universe is ever expanding and cooling, and um, the sun's gonna explode in 17 billion years, so, so none of this is gonna make it anywhere. <laughs> Maybe in 100 years, someone will watch this on YouTube and say, Ooh, look at this archived footage of a guy during the pandemic, if they want to relive the latter days of the pandemic. I'm glad that I started this at the beginning of the pandemic, because I realize that it is a living journal for that this entire period and i'm glad that you guys uh hung out this time during this time it's been kind of this shared experience i do feel even though cases are going up right now i do feel that it is waning i got my third dose a couple of weeks ago and i'm outside mostly i don't really do many indoor activities except i did go to a museum yesterday went to lacma <clears throat> and uh i saw the great African-American uh, portraits that they had going on the exhibits. I saw Obama. I saw Miss Obama. I saw a lot of really cool African-American portraits. And I know that they are portraits of African-Americans. That's why it's called African-American portraits. But I'm like, why'd it gotta be African-American portraits? Why can't it just be American portraiture? You know what I mean? Featuring, featuring black people. <laughs> the funny thing is is like I feel like now correct me if I'm wrong I feel like white people are the only people who say African American <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong I might be wrong about that also white people are the only people who call me bro um bro uh that which is funny to me cause I'm like cause usually uh like black people will say hey my man or something like that but not bro not bro <clears throat> and it's fun experience with other people in different parts of the country how many times do you have to, uh let's see when there's a call for a specific look they call you to yes indeed feel the same yeah i feel the same i feel like African-Americans is a funny term. I feel like it's like the right way for white people to say black person. Because <laughs> black people just be like, oh, he's black. <laughs> Why do white people get to be white? White people get to be a color, but black people are African-American. But, you know, white people aren't white. You know what I'm saying? They're pink. <laughs> White people aren't white, so bla and black people aren't black. So we get it. We get it. You guys are the white people and we're the black people. So that's just how it's gonna be. Like, cause just logically, come on, we get it. It's a shorthand, it's fine. Although I told you that in like Brazil, there's like five words for, uh, let's see. I wonder if this sounds good at all coming through the mics. Uh, there's a there's like a word for let me turn the compressor back on. I feel like I'm overmodulating. Can't control the sound of my voice. Um, I feel like in oh yeah in Brazil say there's like Moreno 
So there's like white, there's there's light merino, merino, dark merino, and black. That's how like they'll describe people, and it's by the color of their hair usually. So like they don't really like identify people necessarily by the cover, color of their skin because they're as like you know Brazilian people. They all look like me. So <laughs> so uh, they don't really go. They I don't know. I think maybe they're also racist. And it's fun because no one's like fully anything. So that's so true. It's crazy. I used to, for the longest time, I would say European American, just because I would be like, um, just being snarky. I was being equivalent. Equivalent. Wow, it keeps overmodulating. I don't know what's going on. I'd say the equivalent. I'd say, oh yeah, do you mean the European American guy? And they'd be like, what was he German? I'm like, I don't know. He was European American though. And then they're like, like from England? And they're like, nah, he's white. If you're going to say African-American, why can't you say European-American? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That was just my logic as a, as a kid. Because, but people did, they just don't register that. They just go, it, that breaks my brain. I don't understand what you're saying. We hosted them with their parents for the first Thanksgiving. We hosted them at their parents. Who did you host? I have friends in Brazil who are of Italian and Japanese heritage. Yeah, Brazil has got a whole bag of uh, folks. I was watching that Pele documentary. Did you see that Pele documentary? That dude's still around. He's like 116 years old, kicking. I think he's got like crutches now, though. But that guy, you know what? He kicked so many balls in his life. At this point, it's it's like it reminds me of the, the adventures of Baron Munchausen. You guys remember how every single character, every character had like a very specific power in that. Like the guy with the big ears could hear things from far away and like blow wind really fast, like hard. And there was a guy who could like see with his eyes. He could see like miles and miles away. And then Baron Munchausen catches up with them years and years later while they're all old. And the, the guy with the big ears has like a horn in his ear. He can't hear anything. And the, the blind guy's got... I mean, the, the guy who had great vision is blind. So it's like, I guess you pay the price. You pay the piper. By the way, the queen had a piper. She might be paying the piper pretty soon. Uh, but the queen had an official piper that woke her up every morning by playing the piper music. I don't know. The Pied Piper. Outside her window every morning. And then they fired him like 10 years ago because they were like, yeah, I know we've had a piper for 600 years. But, you know, get out of here. <clears throat> Pele is what the most Americans associate as Brazilian. <clears throat> I have some weird stories about my white friends and identity. I'll say that identity. Yeah. Well, you, you know, everybody's a bunch of other things. I mean, African, quote, African-Americans. Um, there's a lot of European um, blood in African-Americans, people who black people in the United States. Um, and there's reasons for that. <laughs> I saw a picture the other day I saw a picture yesterday I posted it on my Instagram and it was a mo it was like an amazing portrait let me see if I can pull that up it's an amazing portrait let's see um yeah it's kind of powerful 
I'm going to send it to myself right now. And then I'm going to plop it onto the screen. <clears throat> Airdrop. Oh, I got to turn on the Wi-Fi. Hang on. Turning on Wi-Fi. <laughs> Hang on. Turning on Wi-Fi now. Okay. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Error. Hold on. Oh, I should empty the trash. Empty the trash. Um, waiting for Aristotle full throttle. Why are you waiting for me? Oh, there it goes. And here we are. Nope. Come on. Come on, image. There it is. That took like 20 minutes. Look at this image. I saw this yesterday. Uh, I tried to put that on the screen and nothing happened. I tried it two times. Let's try this. <laughs> image. Science, guys. Hold on a second. This is... Uh, <laughs> this would be so dazzling if I could do this instantaneously. Uh, yesterday. There it is. Wow. That took forever. Look at this painting. It's powerful. See that? That's crazy. I'm just saying there's a reason. Because that's just enough of, like, what, Thomas Jefferson? That you could tell what's going on here. My right friends call each other, not me, but each other, the N-word. I can't, I can't with them. That's ridiculous. I don't know. P listen. I disagree with that. I disagree with the N-word. Like, I get why the, like... <sighs> I don't know. Here's the thing. That reminds me. This is a discussion now. Now we've turned this into a discussion. This is a, That reminds me of when Kendrick Lamar handed... I think it was Kendrick Lamar. Handed the mic to, uh, like, this 16-year-old girl who came up on stage and started rapping his lyrics. But with all the N's in it. She was a white girl. She's a young kid. She's like young. She's like, I don't know. She, she might have been old enough to know better. She was like 20 around there. She's up there and she's rapping and a crowd start booing and she got upset. But I'm like, and then he took the microphone away from her. And I was like, of two minds, I'm like, the artist is creating the art and the kids are singing it. The way is sung. And I just can't, t I can't reconcile telling people what they can or cannot say. I disagree with it. I don't think they should say it. Personally. But, uh. Yeah, it's weird. Why can't say the N-word is not, it's not my, that's not my bag. <laughs> I've been called it many times. 
growing up where I grew up. So it's not it's not a fun thing to hear. It's just like it's not a fun word to hear. Um but it's funny when like say uh you know like comedians say it like uh, um you know black comedians when they uh but there's a playfulness and a and a love that it's weird if it's spoken by a rapper it's spoken usually with love <laughs> unless they talk about some dumb whack ass uh, folks <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the Aristotle Full Throttle Show, where we're saying the N-word for the entire hour straight. Hopefully, you'll enjoy that. Uh, boy, oh boy. It's not its not a fun thing to hear. It's not a fun sound inside my ears. Um, because they won't... They don't already have enough. It's just... You can't... I feel like your friends need to be educated a little bit. Maybe if they're educated about... What that kind of can do and and ha- what it means it's you know it's like a word i hate this argument this is an argument that a lot of people say that i cannot stand they say they say first of all uh what's up is this will <laughs> i'm gonna formulate my argument while we play will's intro you got the touch is this will you got the Yes, I've heard that term, Craig Griff, many times. Um, yeah, like ki- white kids, because I grew up with all like white kids around me, and they would say that word with impunity, like as far as the N-word lips and X, Y, Z. And they're like, it was just kind of like, it was just like a this this like smoldering pain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you hear these kids just throwing the word around and you're sitting right there. And you're like, you know, you hear them at the next lunch table. You hear you hear the word getting th- thrown around. It's not a fun feeling. It's not a great thing. Um, you've been down the road with them over 20 years now, and all took all classes together. But yeah, you know, you know, there's a dialectical aspect to it, and a cultural aspect to it. Obviously, we all know that. But the fact is, I hate the argument. This is the argument I was formulating. The, the, I was formulating in the lab with beakers and Bunsen burners. That when people say, well, they say it so much, why can't we say it? <laughs> they call each other this. Um, and I'm like, no. No, it's not the same argument. It's not the same. It's because you if you get called that for four centuries or plus, you you say, F you, I'm going to have the word now. It's my word now. I could say it. You can't. Bitch. So <laughs> that's kind of like the whole the whole kind of point, right? Am I right, Wesley? Just in time for this discussion. Corn pop was a bad
Hey, Wesley. How's it going? Do you only get four days of school a week? Because that's fun. I was trying to book my plane ticket back to New York um, today, and it wasn't very successful. I thought I booked my plane ticket last night. And I, guys, I was going to record the phone call because it was like a scam website. Because I was like, this plane ticket is $300 cheaper. <laughs> Let me try it. Then, of course, the next... Anyway. The, 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 the argument is invalid in my mind. When people say reverse racism, I see that all the time. And I'm like, racism is a structural institutional thing that is uh, marginal... Uh, that, 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 that disenfranchises the marginalized folks. This is, so there can't be a reverse racism in our society. You can be prejudiced and stereot and um, and uh, hateful and stereotypical and uh, uh, what are all the words for it? You can be all of those things, but technically, in my book, you can't have reverse racism in the United States. There's no such thing as. I mean, it would literally be reverse the the op. It would be, it's called opposite racism. Let's not call it reverse racism. It's opposite than racism because it's the marginalized group. Um, so racism generally structurally means there's a bigger group, a, a prevailing group, suppressing a marginalized group. Racism. Isms. Am I right? Is it? Mistakes, Wesley. We're talking about mistakes. Yes, we are. Wesley, also, we are talking about video games. What are you playing? Four days? What kind of world are you, you living in? I'm living in the, the post-apocalyptic uh, COVID world where... Uh, may your sock be soggy in one spot. <laughs> may you reach into your pocket... And think that you have 20 cents in nickels. But one of those coins is just a blank stud. So you cannot get your... I don't know what you can get for 20 cents these days. <laughs> I can't get nothing. You can't get nothing. Uh, Owen, I love my friends. Not a racist bone in their bodies, but that part, sheesh. Yeah, it's just a little like... It's like, it's one of those things where you just go, ugh, and you cring it's cringy. It's cringy. That's what it is, Ant. It's cringy. I can't, I understand that it's not coming from a hor uh, bad place, but when you see, like, white kids doing that, listen, you could, as far as hair, I, I said this before, people say, oh, I, I don't like when white people wear dreadlocks, and, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you can do it. It doesn't, it's not a good look for you, <laughs> but uh, you could go ahead and do that. That's fine with me. Am I right, Will? You ever see, like, when people get upset about, like, um, like Bo Derek uh, or, or XYZ when Kim Kardashian had the, the braids with the beads in them, and it's like this appropriation of African american culture and then i'm just like you know what go ahead do what you want to do with your hair it just to me it's not working because <laughs> there's like a whole i don't know package i think that it can go with i don't know that's just my opinion what do you think you there will oh you're talking you know what it we're having one of those days where i can't hear you 
I don't even see you, boys. Will, this might be on your end. Hold on. I see that you got a green ring. Ah, yes, racism. Something I know a lot about due to public school. Yes, Wesley. Unfortunately, uh, which school do you go to, Wesley? You could just name the school because I probably went to it. <laughs> do you go to Islet Middle School? Because that's where I went. Um, you know, it's funny. We went to the... There is... I got a question for you. Is that... Uh, there was a quilt on the wall of Islip Middle School. If it's still there, my brother made one of the squares of that quilt in, like, the 80s. I know, Wesley. I used to go to that school. So I know everybody who goes to that school now. That's how it works. You're going to get that power soon. One day you'll know everybody. Wesley Plotke, let me ask you this. Did they install air conditioning? Because they didn't have air conditioning for the four years that I went to Iceland Middle School. So around May, late May, and all of June, we would sweat. Because <laughs> it's right next to a pond, which is right next to a McDonald's. But the it's right next to a pond, and it would just be like, like, like swampy funk in the air, just sweating, you know. But but I went to that school district, and at the time I went to that school district, I don't know if the demographic has changed. I was the only brown person in my entire grade. It's me and Shannon Danzi. We talk about that all the time. <laughs> we just we go. Hey, remember when we went through that school with all the white kids? Just me and you? <laughs> to this day. To this day, it's just kind of like that. It's just us. <laughs> the whole time. But, uh, yeah. Only in the eighth grade rooms. So lucky me. Oh, yes. Lucky you, Wesley. You have the air conditioning power. You have now... Acquired the power. Kinger says there there were wannabe white supremacist farmer guys in my high school who also had no problem listening to hip hop. That's always the funny thing is like when uh, yeah well you're muted now if you was talking. That's always the funny thing about um like racism because it's it's not really thought out. <laughs> it's not really. They're like, I hate the, you know, this group of people, but you know, the, the music and I will eat, I will listen to the music and eat the food. <laughs> then do you really hate that group of people? Cause it seems like, it seems like you don't. It seems like you love that group of people and you wouldn't have dope AF tacos if there, if there wasn't a taco truck on every corner. Remember when uh, they... That was like the threat from the Republicans. They were trying to scare the white America by saying, oh, well, if you elect this guy, there's going to be a taco truck on every corner. And I was like, well, sign me up. Where how, Can I vote now? Because I would I love a taco, a taco truck. I wanted a taco truck on every corner. Would, I, wouldn't that be amazing? A yes. taco truck on every corner? I no one would go be, hungry. I, that, that actually lives rent-free in my head. You know, that could be, like, you know, Khalid, they, they could just feed all the kids that way. <laughs> They got taco. Go to the taco Seriously. truck. Seriously. 
Instead of, like, making them, like, sweep the cafeteria. Yeah, you don't want to have the kids. I'm going to block this person that says, Here, girls, we'll do what you say. There's someone in the chat. I blocked them. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree with you that taco trucks are amazing and racism is bad. (laughs) I don't have any here, which tells you where we're at. Let me let me uh, catch up with some of these these uh, comments here. Splitgate, I've been playing a lot of Splitgate. Thank you for updating us. Not, I still got to get back to Metroid because I've only I haven't even gotten like the Screw Attack or the Morph Ball yet. Uh, very cringe, especially when they're in public and other people are around. Yes, Ange, I feel sorry for you. You're probably face palming the whole time. Ah, yes, raising something I know a lot about. Ange says I have a lot to say about the Fulani brand braids incident the fulani braids incident are you talking about kim kardashian there is a lot of white kardashian all the time the yeah every card what's it called the bantu knots the oh yeah you know my friend by the way my friend mark is kirby jenner (laughs) i should have him on the show actually what yeah you guys know kirby jenner I it popped up on my radar like literally two days ago. He's amazing. He well, he and Mike Dempsey, my friend Mark Rosen and Mike Dempsey collaborated on this Instagram account like five years ago. And I remember it popped and they like shared it on Facebook and I went over to it. I was like, that's hilarious. And I was like one of the first people to follow it. They had like seven, 27 followers when I followed it. It's on the Roku channel. It's, it was on and the I Roku just, channel. It, yeah, and I, I just got a new Roku TV, so it popped up. Well, my friend Mark, uh, he's Kirby Jenner, and it was hilarious. It just got better and better. And I would like tell people about the account like four years, like a year later. I'd be like, "Oh, you got to check out my friend Kirby Jenner." They're like, "Oh my god, this is hilarious!" <laughs> and they couldn't stop laughing the whole time. And then I remember How they got. Was it? Ah, 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 ah. Like their heads fell off. They laughed so hard. You, sound, you almost sound like Kermit the Frog. Ah! She's not I can't, wrong. Do the, I can't do the hands though. With the ah, I can't. <laughs> but what? So this is the funny thing about the Kirby Jenner account. I've never seen this happen before. They got published, the unlike some magazine, because or you know what it was, uh, Kendall said this is pretty hilarious she like made a comment on one of the pictures that day they like posted that on facebook like, oh my god kendall it was fell on her radar everybody and then i would go over to their account right and it would have like it would say like five thousand followers and then i'd refresh it'd be like six thousand followers and i'd refresh and it said like eight thousand followers and i just i was like are you kidding me and i did that for like 10 minutes and it would went up to like fifty thousand followers <laughs> sixty thousand i was watching it explode i've never seen that happen before um anyway i wish those guys luck i was so happy when they were going to be on that uh (laughs) that that app that failed last year but uh anyway they're still carrying on with kirby jenner check it out it's really funny uh what were you seeing sorry for me again say for me kirby yeah. <laughs> You're quoting Aristotle from SNL. That's not Aristotle from AFT. I'm sorry. I had. 
<laughs> it's a funny you, sketch. You know, you tell everybody I spoil everything, so I had to. Yeah. Say, say, say for me. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's a pretty good sketch. It's a pretty great character. I don't want it to get. I don't want it to be successful because then everybody's gonna know his name. <laughs> then I'm gonna have to go by. No, I I felt really weird about how, like I was like, oh god, I'm gonna. Yeah. I have to talk about this, but he's gonna be mad. You know, I'm half mad about it. I'm really like I, I really am like ah oh, damn it! I spent my whole life being Aristotle, and now this guy comes along out of nowhere. What? <laughs> And then, uh, but, but on the other side of the token, I'm like, whatever, you know, imagine my name was like Bill Murray or, or, or Michael Bolton. I feel feel like you are like at an award ceremony and you were nominated and you're clapping, just trying to be happy for the other person. (laughs) That's, that's exact. That's the vibe I got for him right now. I'm like, yeah. The uh, ah, I lost. Now I gotta like, I don't even have to say my acceptance speech. You didn't lose. Well, it's as if the other Aristotle doesn't exist. I'm the second most famous Aristotle. (laughs) That's true. I mean, like, yeah, but you're full throttle. Like, his last name is Atari. Atari? Like the game system? That's how it's pronounced. That's it's dumb. pronounced like Atari. So, d- you know, take some pleasure in that. Yeah, I ain't no Atari. My name is Aristotle PlayStation. <laughs> or Aristotle <laughs> Gladioscope. Or, yes. or no, Colicchio Vision. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Aristotle. Uh, uh, Sega Saturn. Uno. Jax. Yeah. I'm Aristotle Jax. I'm Aristotle Pickup Sticks. <laughs> Remember pickup sticks? I think that was one of the first jokes You're I made on the show. Happy fun ball. Happy fun ball. Happy fun balls made from a substance that fell to earth. <laughs> Please do not look if if the inner substance comes out. In the eye. Do not look directly at happy fun ball. Oh boy, <laughs> those were the greatest. Um. Yep. Yeah, but you know, racism—it's bad. We shouldn't do it. Yeah, racism should... is. Oh, it's that's tribal. what I wanted to chime in on. It's tribalism my, now. Yeah. My degree thoughts on that matter. Yes, will bestow upon us, regale us with um, the the, the overpriced education that, that I get to use every now and then. Yes, please. Um, it's, put it to use. I think one of the biggest problems with any discussion about racism is that you had this whole area where there are these academic terms and definitions that people use to make an argument. Like when we yeah. define what is racism. Like Ben Shapiro says, if you read Cartesian, uh, if you read Immanuel Kant, and, and, and if you read Nietzsche, they say, uh, <laughs> it's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> He's always oh, like trying to back I up just, his points with philosophy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm even like dumber than that. It's, it's, it's as simple as... No, I'm making fun of Ben Shapiro. We talk about first. people. Oh no, I get that, but like oh, the oh. whole problem is like it's it's dumber than that. It's that yeah. we talk about people being racist, 
and then in somehow in talking about people being racist we are forced to bring up the definition of racism and being right. racist and being racist is not yeah it's a completely different concept but then when yeah. you get into that that academic angle on the conversation it's like well now we can't even talk because like you don't even agree about the concept you don't even understand it so right we're not going to get anywhere that it's well, like frustrating ex- you know it's frustrating because when people say reverse racism and and like so if if a white person says uh the n-word or does something uh because to disenfranchise someone who is black if they do that to them they're taking advantage of a system they're taking they're they're you they're wielding a power that they are basically born into in this country when a black person says f you cracker which by the way is a short shortened version of whipcracker which should give us a little bit more context as to why where that is coming from because it's coming from this uh revolt against a racist system it is not reverse racism it is a pushback on the in my opinion it is a pushback on the majority it is a pushback it's not necessarily um it's you know what i'm saying like the, the cracker yeah, word is not equivalent of, to the n-word it's not equivalent. Know, i'm one of those two wrongs don't make a right people regardless of the the context of how they arrive there but i think uh, uh something that happened when i was in college that was interesting like relates to this like you would have people ask well why do they have to like at the university i went to they had a uh, a, a black homecoming queen and homecoming king in addition to the regular homecoming king and homecoming queen and they were like well why do they have to be black fraternities and people would ask questions like that like in all sincerity thinking oh why are these people segregating themselves and it just showed like so you don't understand history because you realize these organizations and these traditions exist because those people were excluded from the majority Right. They weren't allowed those things. So in order to feel like they had any place in the society and the culture, they made versions for themselves so they could feel like they were a part of it. And like with all these movements to like villainize the idea of critical race theory, which ultimately is villainizing the idea of teaching shameful things about racism in the past. That's really what it's about. And they found a blanket turn to put on it. It just it seems to like double down on the the notion that we have generations of people who are raised up to think of an idealized version of where we are in the world and right. anything that threatens that is not worth humoring it's like no that's not how yeah. we want to look at the world and if you bring that up shut that down because honestly there's no retort um if you're being sincere and honest and it forces you to be empathetic and if you don't want to be then that does you a disservice so you say no none of that but the very existence of the things that they will point to and say hey why is that different why are you guys separating yourselves etc etc are manifestation of the fact that in the past people looked at those people and said hey you're different separate yourselves and that that doesn't register for people 
Right. It's like, yeah. for me, it's like that's the ultimate frustration besides the fact that then, and this came up in another conversation I had earlier, that you can then isolate people and then you can dictate when you have power what their culture is and you can take things away from them as far as their identity and their capacity as human beings because you say, well, you're this and you can only do this. And after enough time, people start to think, well, screw it. That's all I'm right. going to be and I'm going to be the biggest, loudest version of that which then does a disservice to those people because then you become the character and the stereotype and then you take pride in it because you have to have something to take pride in but right. you, you're accepting the limitation you've been given. I'm I'm preaching, I'm sorry, but hey, I paid <laughs> for it. It's all good. Uh, yeah, all good. And, and just to put yeah, like... Uh, just to push, like uh, oh, I can hear my voice. I hear my I should probably speak more like this because it sounds more uh, less than like this. <laughs> I'll try to have more of an authoritative voice. Which I should have that guy on. I should be like, hey, Aristotle, why don't you come on this Aristotle full throttle? Uh, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure that he and I have seen each other on the internet, at least, because uh, there's a friend we have in common, actually. Because <laughs> I, let, uh, full disclosure, I, would, I went on a few dates with a lady a few years ago, and she was like, oh, Aristotle, that's my friend's name. He's a comedian. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I got to race this guy. When I heard he was hired, I was like, Oh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> it's not that awkward. I, I listen. It's not like my name is Michael Bolton and his name is Michael Bolton. It's not that bad. But you're um, kind of acting like his name is Michael Bolton. Kind of, yeah. I mean, but it, you know, I want he's him to be a no talent right. ass clown. Yeah. But, but we'll see. He, I mean, he's the new guy. He's I'm one of the just new guys. Holding my tongue this whole freaking time. Yeah. <laughs> well, here I just want to say. Uh, also, just to put a finer point on the, what I was talking about, about like the, the majority, like the institutionalizedness of like a white person. When a white person says the N word or go back to where you came from or something like that, it's coming from a place of like, <clears throat> in my opinion, it, it is it is coming from this like place of implied superiority. Like there's like this, oh, well, right. anyway, so... And then, so I, I just feel like when a black person insults a white person for being white, it's this re rejection of this person who is trying to be superior. Or, like, I don't know, and I'm sure there are um, groups of folks that are of different uh, ethnicities who believe that they are superior in every way to all the other ethnicities and i'm sure mm -hmm. that, that 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 exists as well um but but i think generally speaking oftentimes with you know a, a, the white person calling someone the n-word is not equivalent in any way in my mind as a black person calling a white person a cracker it just right. in, in that particular instance it is a pushback because of the, the historic yeah the power dynamic yeah um See, I just watched me like I, I oh go ahead sorry well I was having a discussion a couple of weeks ago about you know we we we, we really we really unpacked the whole Dave Chappelle bit <laughs> a couple of weeks ago but yeah. I, someone was 
coming at me with basically the argument came down to okay so some things should be off limits you know and some people find things offensive and some things should definitely never be done and then i said like what and they said well would how would you feel like if a white person said the n-word on tv and i was like let me just show you the sketch with Chevy Chase and Richard Pryor because it's great. Yeah, I was like, because it's fantastic. It's great. And that's how I, and I was like, and this is a context of comedy. And when he says it, and then Richard Price is dead honky. That is the funniest moment. <laughs> One of the funniest moments in uh in SNL history. I'm sure you'd find that on any highlight reel of SNL. But to me, no. I'm like, this is let's unpack that. Yeah. Go ahead, but let's unpack that because I got an angle on that for you. Okay. Uh, well, that's ahead, it. That's guys. my, that's my, my angle. No, just go ahead. Okay. Guys. What you don't you don't think it's a great clip, Colleen? I I think it's a moment. I think it's an iconic moment. Do I think it's one of the funniest moments of all time? Not really. I think it is. Mostly because of Chevy Chase. Oh well, that's a, that's another thing, but I I happen to find it hilarious. <laughs> okay, and that's great. I'm glad. I'm really glad you enjoy that. Like, I mean, this week for some reason, well, you know, cause I think we're now, I think we we're definitely coming at it from different angles too. I think your hatred for Chevy Chase and my love for Richard Pryor and I also don't. the con the context of of uh, a black guy in an interview. I did not say I hated him. Well, okay. I say there, he's I pro- just... He is problematic. Well, uh, <laughs> what, what, what is it? Yeah. I mean, he, no, there are things that about him that, I mean, hello. I mean. I'm just talking about the sketch in a vacuum. I'm yeah, talking well, about that. Yeah, like Three Amigos. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's classic. Uh, I, uh, Will, I think what it's what time you for me to unpack. Okay, okay. Unpack. So, bring in your luggage. So, que- make yourself at home. Question, question for the audience yeah. and and the the hosts. Uh, what makes that 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 climatic moment so funny? Is it the fact that it's it's shocking and breaching, like oh they did something that you didn't think they would do, or is it? the actual nature of the interaction itself or is it a combination of the both what do you think makes it so powerful that it makes you laugh uh it's it is the uh what makes me laugh is the fact that uh when i think about that sketch just the dynamic of richard pryor ramping it up as the interviewer ramps it up it's it's that ramping up where you're like oh they're going there oh they're going there oh they went there <laughs> then there's that like that immediate that uh sort of that cathartic release of oh my god they just went there it's hilarious i don't know it's i think it is that they keep escalating throughout the and that's pretty much the basis for every sketch ever it's like, yeah here's the th- yeah I don't know. I find it funny. I find Richard Pryor. I think Richard Pryor was the greatest. Richard Pryor and um, George Carlin 
I have tremendous respect for on account of George Carlin writing an hour of comedy every single year for like 25 years. What's up, Studio 8H? What's up? Tune in tomorrow, Studio 8H. You're just in time for the SNL conversation right now. <laughs> Actually, we're talking about right. the classic sketch. Adam uh, Sandler like ripped that off, like bit off. <laughs> go home. Go, go home. Go home. home. Go home where you, where you you belong in your home. Is that you're talking well, about? Well, he Gilmore? talked about baseball. Remember, George Car. He did that bit on SNL where he talked about baseball and how everybody thinks it's such a uh, macho sport, but it's really kind of more delicate when you think about it. I haven't seen this. I might have seen the sketch. Uh, yes, Studio NH. We indeed were talking about the classic Chevy Chase in job interview classic sketch. Uh, and I argue that you will see that on any highlight reel for SNL. Any one minute, two minute highlight reel. Um, and I have yet to unpack it. <laughs> <laughs> will, un- unpack. Unpack. What do you find funny okay. about it? Or do you find so it funny? So for me, I have of two minds because the first time I saw it, I didn't know anything about that bit, and I was it was shockingly funny. But I was also yeah. like at that edge lord age where like anything that was shockingly funny was funny. It was like peak Kevin Smith, you know? Yeah. But in retrospect, I realized for me that the retort for calling and the n-word was I will murder you basically in essence well I didn't take it that literally <laughs> well but like the, the, that's what's implied like it's not we you don't get okay murderous intent that's how I'm supposed to feel but if you're just weighing the words this is the calm major in me talking like if that's the only comeback you have for the n-word it reinforces just how little power you have. I hear so, you, Will. It's a commentary. I see you, Will. Like a meta-commentary. I, I feel like... Julian I, I feel like that... I, hang on. I hear you on that that point you're making with is like, do, should that be met with a murder threat? I think that in baked into the sketch was that if... <laughs> we're going to analyze the sketch now. If Chevy Chase is right. going to say the worst thing possible, then he's going to try to top it. And that was like kind of the point. And I think, what's the worst thing possible? Killing somebody. So I don't see it as as some meeting uh, Chevy Chase at that point. I think that because his uh, the character that uh, that Richard Pryor is playing at that point is like, oh, wait, this guy's coming at me. So I'm going to come at him. In this hypothetical experience that we're both joking they're 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 creating a hypothetical experience inside a hypothetical experience which is right. to me non-threatening <laughs> as far as so, um the n-word and also threatening to murder someone right. <laughs> that, that, that so to I, me I is like put myself out here just a little bit because normally when i talk about stuff i don't put myself out there like percy like all right where is my emotional investment because i will say i I found it funny, 
But one of yeah. the things I recognized, and the same thing applies to Chappelle's comedy, uh, was that because of my upbringing, part of the humor was the kernel of truth. Because I yeah. grew up in an integrated environment that was working class and then moved to one that was lower class and it was not integrated, it was segregated. And the attitude that I would have with the people I was around was where the, the N-word did not move me. Like someone saying your mama didn't move me because those were things that I just didn't experience before. So there was no context for me to be upset. So I didn't ever feel any emotional response to that word from someone that right. wasn't black until like watching ABC where they ran Mississippi Burning one year and at the end of the oh. movie they had a 10 minute documentary where they interviewed people from the actual area in Mississippi where the murders took place and I heard mm. these 80 year old yes I hope they die and I hope they burn in were. hell is that the movie? So, is that the other movie? No, that, no, no, that, that is, that's a no, time that's to kill. A time to kill. A time to kill. Oh, yeah. Mississippi, Mississippi Burning's got... Oh, Hugh, Gene Hackman. Freedom Riders. Gene Hackman. And Francis McDormand. So, oh, those are good actors. Hearing, hearing real people use that word with real hate, I was like, oh, that's how I'm supposed to feel. And now yeah. other people had a different understanding. And I was around a lot of people who... If someone said that word and they were not black, they were going to physically assault them. So the threat that Richard Pryor made in that skit for me, that was the reality. Like if I was around right. somebody and I heard somebody say the N word, like if yeah. I thought they were an okay person, I was like I would be the difference between them and the ass beat. Because it was going to happen. It was not cool. And um the thing that, about that also that, goes both ways on account of, you know, lynchings and things right so, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and that's yeah. that that's where the that's why you know meeting that level of vitriol with the equal vitriol to me doesn't work because it gives people credence to say well an eye for an eye um yeah i i in I, contemporary I, terms, that, I i just think it's such such a hyperbolic moment like everything just starts to right. oh yeah like i said it doesn't yeah. diminish the comedy i'm just saying yeah. that part of the power of that comedy for a lot of people is it's visceral like yeah. uh, uh, a comedic surprise. response it's like, is it, it's either going to make you laugh or it's going to make you cry but the, the, you're hitting jackson the actually word. hosted snl who yeah michael jackson, jesse and, jackson. Al and al oh jesse jesse yeah. jackson Keep up a lot. It's it's a cultural institution, and kind of you would like to think that it's a liberal enclave on that show too. No, it's um, not at all. It has a story. You, I said you would like to think. I didn't say it was. You would <laughs> hey, like Ange. to think. <laughs> Edge Edge says he's got a story and a half. I've got a question for everybody. I was well. Here's a story. I was in first grade, and this kid, Matt Lip, that's his name. He said to me, "Your mother." And then I told the teacher on him, I was like, uh, he just insulted. He said, your mother. And the teacher, Mrs. Uh, Vaska, she's very of German descent. She's dead now, probably. She, <laughs> anyway, she was like, she was already like 70. <laughs> it was sad for both. So she said to, I said, oh, she said, wait. well, what did he say? And I said, he said, your mother. 
And she said, well, he just said your mother. That's, a, that's not an insult. And I was, I was like, so confused. I was so ah. confused. Like, I was just right. like, I felt like I had nobody to back me up. I had no, like, nobody had my back on that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm literally telling the teacher who's, like, who's desk right next to me. And this kid, like, like hurtfully and willfully uh, said something hurtful. And I was like, this is, no, no, this is an insult. And she just denied, she gaslit me. The teacher gaslit me. She said, right. that's not an insult. And I was like, uh, so confused. Anyway, uh, I guess it's more of an anecdote than anything. Well, no, that's so. like when, it, when I moved to my small town from a larger city. And I, I said, well, my mom used to be like a member of the NAACP. And they said, oh, that like. My classmate said, "Oh, that means she must like black guys." She was married to the principal of our elementary middle school. Who is that an insult? Very or... much white. They meant it as an insult. Oh, and... there's a David Allen Cole song for that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Allen Cole. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very much a, a American racist thing. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, what? I I was like, she likes all people. <laughs> I was it's like, she's uh, yeah. scared about people. <laughs> people, I got some, some Molotov conversation cocktails I could throw out there. What do you got? Sorry. What do you got? Hit me. I don't got to have dinner right. for another 20 minutes. Okay, so... Three three rapid-fire questions. One. Question one. Yeah. Do, do we find that people who are not minorities but like to use the lingo and epithets that have been co-opted by minorities really just do it to be cool? That's question one. Question okay. two. And this has to do with what Colleen just shared. Um, does okay. This is very controversial. Please, children, cover your ears. <laughs> I'm not going to use bad words, but it's a very, very provocative idea. Does the consumption of illicit material by adults indicate what our true insecurities are regarding issues of race? What do you mean? I mean, <laughs> if you uh, see those top 10 lists of things that people Google search from their state. Oh, yeah. yeah that's the greatest thing. And see the contents <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> what does favorite. that say about the true nature of people's feelings about insecurity when it comes to 100%. A 100%. Um, yeah. You're talking and, about like the porn searches, right? Where they show the map of the porn. <laughs> Where they say like like it's I mean, like all of the southern states, all of the southern states are either say like black chicks, <laughs> like that's like the number I mean, one search. I have no part in this conversation. <laughs> I just wanted to relate what was said to me. Right, you can cover your ears. I say cover your ears. <laughs> so, no, no, like, no, no I didn't listen. Oh no, that's fine. I mean, everybody has grounds for it. Like one of the things. 
and I'm I won't put it. It's funny that you brought up what so, you wait, brought talk up. About some of the some of the southern states say incest, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, because we were uh, talking about songwriting and maturity, and I was thinking I was earlier today. I was trying to think of somebody who's an example of a young person who evolved into an older person as a songwriter, and it was reflected in their music. And um, I thought of Tori Amos and the song "Little Amsterdam," mm-hmm. and how. That's Which a very mature subject matter for a song that uh, it's on uh, Boys for Pele. Okay. And I, I love that song, but it, it, it's totally the scenario that Colleen was talking about. She, it's, that song is kind of built around that stigma. Um, and it's a great ass song. I will I will stand by that song. But <laughs> it says um, she got a boo down here. She already down there. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. But so, all right. So the question one are people saying those words because. It's cultural cloud for them to be cool. Two, what yeah. does it say about the things that we don't talk about publicly, um, but do privately, as far right. as our feelings about racism and security? And then the third whiz bang question to like really just blow the thing wide open is: given the first two, if the power of humor and music is to get visceral reactions from people that get them to be more uninhibited is it beneficial that the artists who invoke those things lean so heavily on triggering issue one and issue two people's insecurities about being cool and people's innate carnal desires that they don't feel careful i mean feel confident sharing publicly right so they're they're leaning into people's like actual uh uh internal desires you're saying or no maybe i'm saying that i don't know (laughs) that may be my answer Um, the question is is it cheap that people do that um to use i don't think it's cheap i think it's just it's it's a um I think it can be cheap. I think there's a lot of people out there that just... A case-by-case basis. It's a case-by-case basis. I think that people generally, when it's good, it's just tapping into something that is mm-hmm. unspeakable, so it's sung. Or, you know, it's you can joke about it or whatever. But, like, I think that somebody like... Um, I mean, pop music by design is supposed to appeal to the masses so you i'm listening to the new silk sonic i like it it's a lot it's real good you guys gotta check it out it's bruno mars and anderson pack my buddy anderson pack uh and i'm listening uh, yeah, to the lyrics and, lo- and the lyrics are like to play into this like but obviously they're doing sort of this this show this character the whole album's narrated by bootsy collins but like the lyrics are of the sort of like um like the song fly like me it's like i deserve to be with somebody as somebody as fly as me so it's like this like in the self-aggrandizing concept Mm -hmm. where you can create this world where you can be this type of person and that's what i think rappers do they're like saying these things and they've got this money and they've got the they've got this and the that and the kiss my big black stuff they say all those things uh but it is part of yeah, like that general desire to be rich, to be around beautiful people, to be, um, you know, indulging in in the marijuana or whatever. So it's like uh, 
you know, these are and drinking and partying and these are all the things that you just wish you could do all of the time, I guess. So they're like saying, look, we've created this escape for three minutes where you can just sing about it and dance about it and imagine it in your head. And it kind of it, it does tap into that. Actually, it does really like vicariously allow you to live that uh, briefly. So I guess when people are saying those things, they're 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 emulating the artists that they want to be like. Maybe they're not saying those things for any other reason. So yeah, they're trying to be I've, cool. Yeah, I've forged like friendships over music, and yeah, I've it's... also realized who where I did not belong because of music. If that makes sense. You did, uh, like, music told you to. Like, yeah, when I was the only person. Uh, was it Weird Al? In my grade, who did not know the lyrics to Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA." God bless the USA. Bootsy is it still alive. Like, with, yes, I, he is. I mean, I was, on Twitter. That was that was like <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore. I was yeah. in sixth uh, yeah. or seventh grade, and it was a Veterans Day um, assembly. And we were like, like the some of the teachers like, like when you said, stand up, we had to literally stand up. Oh, that's a that terrible song. <laughs> You're talking yeah. about that terrible song. Oh, that's a terrible yeah, song. Yeah, Lee Greenwood's also, "God Bless You Say." It's it's a terrible song. It <laughs> like is, like it's I'm, so I'm, bad. I come at these things, generally speaking, I come at the, you guys know me at this point. You know I'm coming at it at a song standpoint. I don't care how racist or whatever it is implied and how terrible it is and how it's an anthem for the Republicans. Yeah, I didn't even realize how racist it was until later. I was just, like, very confused. And I just, I just, I I didn't get the memo. It's a bad song. It's just a bad song. I can't believe they tried to force you. I'm very sorry, Colleen, that you had to be forced to sing that freaking god awful song. I didn't even sing that the uh, the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance in high school. I I never. You well, should be thankful. Uh-oh. Be grateful. Then, you did not know the know lyrics. There are they're terrible. They're bad lyrics. Really it's a weird. bad 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 song. But Fly as Me is dope. Fly as Me is a is a dope song. But you uh, know what is very weird. Is that I knew every word to the Star Spangled Banner, and my That's classmates good. did not. Well, well they, no. did see? They knew their stars, but they knew their national anthem, which was that god awful, god crap song. It's a crappy tune. It's just the words aren't yeah, good. It's, it's just I don't want to stand up. <laughs> just shoot me in the face. You. It's bad. Wait, Khalid, you just said you didn't know the words. Day. Uh oh, Khalid's. She's a secret. She's a cell. <laughs> she, she's well, a sleeper cell. The, time. <laughs> the only reason I know is because of like stand-up comedy albums. Speaking of racism, uh, racist-ass Melly Gibson's go direct *Lethal Weapon 5*. You guys see that? Yeah. Racist-ass yeah, Melly Gibson. I shared that on the Discord channel. Well, I I. I saw it earlier, but yes, thank you for sharing it on the Discord channel. <laughs> I did share it with my parents <laughs> earlier, and then I, I said, "I'm getting too old for this shit." 
<laughs> that was a good comment for that post. It is, um, yes. you know, it's funny because I, I sent that a few hours ago along with uh, this, you know, this, this sketch. Last night on Showtimes, I saw some, <clears throat> some Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon 2 starring the racist ass Melly Gibson. <laughs> so I sent my parents that. Also. But they loved Lethal Weapon. I mean, who doesn't love Lethal Weapon? The, those movies, there's not a bad Lethal Weapon. There's not a bad I, one. I loved Joe Pesci. I'm sorry. I, whatever. Whatever. Okay. Okay. I actually okay, love okay. his character. Well, his character is great because he, he goes up a notch every... He he develops every movie. He's got a new thing. He first time he's laundering money, and then he's doing like what Carl's uh, like the, a real estate or something. And the third time he's bleach his hair. Yeah, don't touch the hair. Uh, <laughs> what does he say? Don't let the earring fool you. Back in the homophobic nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yes, the indeed. homophobic nineties. Uh, is Danny Glover and he better be in it because that's the only reason I would watch that the thing know. about racist ass Melly Gibson's is that I will I will tolerate his appearance on the screen so long no. as it's like the expendables nope. or something like that nope, well, good for no, you. No. You, I, I fell asleep watching uh, uh, Danny I, I Glover speak in person Danny Glover? Danny Glover is the most eloquent yeah. dude ever <laughs> Anyway, uh, he was good, but it was supposed to be James Earl Jones, but then he had to cancel. <laughs> Wait, they were like, I get another black guy like, soon. No lie. <laughs> we need another black guy. We need. Wait, wait James Earl Jones canceled? <laughs> yeah, he had a, he had a bow out. It was uh, my dad had a um, like a principals union conference in San Francisco. And it was a way to get a vacation that was a tax write-off. Um, well, did he hook up with that teacher that likes black guys? That's my question. <laughs> uh, is Danny... Excuse me. She used to be a superintendent. Thank you very much. Yikes. She's super all right. And she intends to... I don't know what. All and, right. and the archdiocese... Was the guy who was displaced because of the spotlight scandal? Oh yeah, spotlight. I was actually working at Catholic Charities and during that era. So when that movie came out ten years mm -hmm. later, I was like, I was working there. I was working at Catholic Charities when they were moving yeah, all he, the priests around, and I quit because of it. Yeah, I quit no, because no, no. of that. He, he was actually a whistleblower, and not cool. in the dirty way. You could be a superintendent and be into black guys, pretty sure. It's a Studio 8H. That word. That <laughs> Studio 8H. Parsing. Parsing the subtext very well here. Oh, <laughs> <Turns> no. <out. laughs> My mom was principal at. Uh, my mom was principal when uh, Father Pence met Mother Pence. Studio 8H, I give that three dead laughing skulls. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, uh, um, my mom's, yeah, when Mother Pence met Father Pence, uh, my mom was principal at that oh, parish. Oof. Eek. Snakes! I would not want to be there. I would say this to Mr. Pence. I said good day! Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, stop all the downloading! 
You know? And then I'd say, Flawless victory. All right. <laughs> Mom was like, oh my God, it was that woman who just like played like, play guitar all the time. Mike Pence, the none she... the richer. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> the direction of this conversation oh, is going. God. Yeah, we, okay, Ed, we talk about Mike that. Pence, and uh, maybe Mike Pence likes black guys too. We don't know. Well, he won't divulge. Um, it's okay. It's his right. It's his. It's a, it's okay for him to stay. Uh, you know, keep that to himself. What's not okay well, is his par- policies. Parish was known for conservatives, conservative bachelors. Conservative bachelors. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like a website in the making. Yeah, it does. It's a dating site. Uh, a conservative uh, Catholic bachelors. Conservative bachelors. A.K.A. No, no, Cabin I, Republican. I know right. that sounds bad. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's bad. It's just sad. A few years ago. Well, not a few years ago. It's, maybe it's now close to 20 years called Jesus Camp. Uh, yeah, Jesus Camp was scary. That's one of the craziest horror movies I've ever seen. You saw those little kids going, oh, Jesus. They're crying about Jesus, looking at the Jesus Bible, saying uh, all the kinds of incantations from the Bible, and they're, like not even knowing. You could tell those little kids are just trying to make the adults happy, which is the saddest part about it. It's the saddest part. The kids are like, what can I do to make this adult approve of me? And a very, very sad documentary if you're watching it right now at home. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean... Well, one of the weird things about it... Yes, the topic of conversation is closeted Republicans who uh, like to... Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get at. There's a a 15-minute sequence with the pastor that was in the, the lead pastor of the church that was... The the, the, the the ground zero for focus on the family who was eventually found out to be homosexual and hiding it from his congregation and cheating on his wife. Here's and a dead giveaway. This- Someone like Holly <coughs> or Mike Pence <coughs> were so <laughs> adamant that a man should be with a woman. <laughs> We, we know you're showing your cards, guys. If you're trying to hide anything, uh, it's not working. <laughs> it's okay. My friend the other day said, you know, much like your superintendent who likes black guys, he's, he said something like, uh, you know, yeah. that guy, Holly, Representative, <laughs> Representative Holly. From he's like, Missouri. Dude, from Missouri. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's where you are. You're at, uh, Will. Will, uh-huh. in case you didn't know this. That's where you are. He said to me, he's like, listen, Holly is totally gay. He goes to the gym. He he wears, he does this, he does that. And I'm like, yes, that's all fabulous. What's not fabulous is him telling people they shouldn't be and that they can't be and that it's sad that he can't be open about it. Um, that is sad. But, he, you know, he said it to me in, in a way of like, listen, it's a matter of like, in my opinion, from assessing these things that he does, uh, I can deduce that perhaps he is a, uh, a gay. Here's a joke, actually, to, to piggyback on that. Uh, what's the guy's name? Is, is, I'm uh, pouring another Molotov for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? Leslie Jordan. Leslie Jordan said this hilarious thing that, uh, when he was a kid. 
that he he was he went to this new school and he was very afraid that people were going to find out he was gay and then he was like really scared about like uh trying to hide his sexuality he was like very young he's just trying to hide his himself from the others to not be made fun of and and he said uh how did he say it it's amazing he said uh, he's like, I'm so afraid because he had to give a speech. There was like speeches and he was afraid to give the speech because everybody would find him out. And then he, he's like, um, I am afraid to go walk up to the microphone because, you know, I'm afraid that everybody is going to know that, figure out that I'm I'm gay. And then, and she said, oh, they'll know it by the time you get to the microphone, <laughs> which is. That's an amazing joke that he can only say. I am just repeating Aww. it. Right. <laughs> he's he's just imagine oh, him yes. saying those words. But oh, I, it's, have, it, I had I have longtime friends who went to who knew Pete Buttigieg in high school, and they knew he was gay before he did. Uh, yes, that that yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Molotov is ready. All Hang on, the Strom Thurmond is a bar good. <laughs> I'm ready for this Molotov. But one second, Studio 8H mentions Strom Thurmond, who, by the way, was a Democrat. <laughs> no, he wasn't. But isn't no, he a Democrat? You're thinking of Robert Byrd. Oh, well, Strom Thurmond. He changed Strom, parties too. Uh, had a oh, black he was daughter. a Dixiecrat. He was a Dixiecrat. Yes, Dixiecrat. he was a Dixiecrat. Yeah. But- Yes, he was a Dixiecrat. Um, but Strom Thurmond had a daughter. Uh, yeah, out of wedlock. Yeah. So, and she had been in her whole life been like, Strom Thurmond's my father. And people were like, mm. no, he's not. And then finally, genetically, she was like, read these genes, bitch. <laughs> read this. So, um, so, yeah. Anyway, she was like 80 at the time. He was 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was, it was, it was not great. So, what is this Molotov? I would like one Molotov cocktail, please. Extra on the. All right, flames. coming right up. And then we're gonna Does firebomb it? this entire shelf <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> we're gonna talk about fireball, fireball the entire show. Oh no! Yes. So here we go. Does it not do? the discussion of a quality of disservice that anytime someone wants to take down a male conservative figure, they point to the idiosyncrasies in their behavior and label them as homosexual as a takedown. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's by the, the thing. Way, it's like... my, my, my congresswoman also closeted. That's okay. The thing is, it's okay to do what you need to do, but yes, to you to no, imply. No, she's Republican. It's not okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant <laughs> to me. No, it's it completely is. Irrelevant. She's going to have committees, but a lot of people get do, like, lean on that. I know Lindsey Graham like, and, and, and a lot of folks. And the reason I know is because I know people who grew up with her. Yeah, but I, you know, to me, ultimately, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I know, but it really she, like I said, she she literally has not had a, a town hall meeting. In... Thanks, Studio 8H. Tomorrow we'll be talking about Dune. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what we'll, what we'll be talking about. She has not had a, a 
town hall meeting since like Jimmy Fallon was a cast member on SNL. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Remember that guy? Right. Remember remember Adam uh Sandler part two? Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Adam Sandler. Got a little back like, washing that cocktail. Fried. <laughs> well, what was what was the question to use it as a as an insult? Yeah, that that's the weird thing to say someone like your your friend there, Colleen, who is like, oh, he likes blank, she likes blank guys. It's like to me, like that literally doesn't even register as like, and and it's like, oh, oh, you mean that as an insult? Okay, I was a <laughs> like, kid. I was no, I a know. kid. My mother was married. Right, obviously. Well, I mean, at a, in a different time. To, the, that, to, the, to our principal. Fundamentally, it, it, it doesn't register, but I can see when it's being used as an insult. That's why when I, if they, I, someone's going to sit there and say that... If someone's going to say that Holly is, is gay, it's sort of like... I, that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is him uh, telling people they shouldn't be gay... And right. it, it oh, I, yeah, I guess it, yeah. I, I don't care. That, yeah, I don't care that she's closeted. I care that she will. She has like hid from her constituents for a decade. <clears throat> oh yeah, you gotta you gotta go listen to your constitute your consti- your your people. Um. All right, I got a little more in that 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 cocktail that hasn't been finished. If you, you if pick you it up and throw don't it. Mind. Go go ahead. Yeah. Okay. The second part of that is even if the discussion isn't of someone being um I'm not gonna use all the letters, I'm just gonna say queer. Cause it's just that's a lot. I'm like I'm bad with alphabet. That's that's the but, Q though. It's just the Q. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's also a broad kind of views in general. It's LGBTQIA plus. Um, <laughs> but yes, that's a lot. Not a lot so I'm, not just, I'm gonna throw to you whenever it has to be said until I'm okay. good enough to lay <laughs> it out there because I'm not a broadcaster. But doesn't it also do a disservice to people who are not um normative with their gender identity that they're the things that we choose to attribute as masculine and feminine and associate with homosexuality or heterosexuality aren't fluid when we make these particular digs. Like the fluid yeah. disappears when you insult somebody based on politics. So, like, if a guy likes to right. go to the gym and sweat with other guys, or he has a, 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 a ah, I see a what you said. Mannerism, like, yeah. can't a person just be feminine yeah. in their demeanor but not be homosexual? There's every oh, single color of the room. There's every single combination of people. I, I, like. You know, as a kid, I would observe... You know, it's funny. (laughs) These are just conversations, guys. These are real talk conversations. Uh, My neighbor growing up, my next-door neighbor, um, I realized she she had a roommate who was a woman. So she was like, this is my roommate. So I always knew... I always saw the two of them. (laughs) And then she had another roommate a few years later who was another woman. And it never, ever occurred to me until, like, five years ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. oh that makes sense. <laughs> but it, it just it never mattered or it didn't. But, you know, the short haircut and the sort of, like, 
the stereotypical look of eight of a very specific um of aesthetic it's a very specific aesthetic of a subgroup of a subgroup of a subgroup so it's not a representative Mm -hmm. of everybody but um you know it was just funny to be like oh yeah cool i wonder what she's up to now i wonder if she's married to that roommate um but yeah well will what is the last bit of it because then we're going to go out on that that was it <laughs> that was it oh. so my question yeah, was yeah. like oh why yeah is it that when we talk politically and we want to take somebody down all that nuance and all that that care that we would hope that everyone would apply to gender identity and fluidity is thrown out the window because it's just so much easier just to say well that person's gay as an insult mm-hmm. and just psh, out it goes and conservatives and liberals both do it that's true i see that especially on the late night talk shows are the same but yeah, I think on the, well, I think there's a difference, and this kind of circles back to what I was talking about earlier about like a white person calling a black person the n word versus a black person calling a white person cracker, which is like there's a perhaps a a different nuance because let's say Stephen Colbert will say his joke every night about Lindsey Graham implying that he is gay, um, which which is when like was the last time he did that. I don't know. Probably a couple of weeks ago, I saw him mention that Lindsey Graham. He's like, "Oh, he doesn't have a really? wife or something." You know, yeah. You know, Liberace was constantly questioned by everybody. Hey, why does a young man like you not settle down with a woman? But jokingly, whatever's going that, on with Lindsey Graham is way more disturbing and unsettling than whatever his sexuality is. Yeah, that's exactly. I agree with that. Well, I'm just saying that, like, where when Steve Colbert, like the blatant liberals, say it, it's a, um, it's a kind of a. Uh, I don't agree with it. I wouldn't do it. It's not my style. But it's. I think it definitely. There's this implied, like, "Hey, Lindsay, it's okay. Come on out." You know, like it's kind of coming from that angle. Then, oh my! Can you believe that he is? You know, it's more of this. It's cool, man. Come on out. <laughs> like we're gonna. Well, I think sort of... I think it's more that he's become so such a cruel, like unnecessarily vindictive person that people want to be cruel in return. I just don't understand how all those Republicans sold out to Trump, like, and continue to sell out to Trump. Like, I just don't get I, what they fear. Yeah. What is Lindsay it that they fear? Is really one I I. There's something there. Totally. And I don't even know it has anything to do with his sexuality. I mean, no, it, it doesn't maybe, at all. Like, financial. He's just an idiot. It's you know, I, I imagine it's money, but it it's like for so many re- people, for so many people who like seemed to be like reasonable that they're doing this little dance where they're pretending that they don't not like him you know what i mean like they pretend that trump is the right guy and yeah i support him i support him it's like this weird like scared waffling that they do yeah. it's like what are they afraid of like what is like you have you no exactly spine no spine what they're afraid of exactly what they're afraid of is it cute the guy of- himself no the search histories of their constituencies because the demographics of this country are changing 
And if you just use demographics to decide how the elections will go based on all the stereotypes we have about all our different minorities, so it's power. the conservative end of the spectrum is going to be put out mm-hmm. of office. They're going to be depowered fundamentally and permanently. So and it's so an existential crisis. Whatever vestige of, yeah. Not even that. It's just that they recognize there's a vestige of power in the most vocal and the most conservative and to a certain degree the most prejudiced people in this country. And they've been underrepresented in the conversation. So you get those people and you, right. you, uh, I got to remember the word. I can't believe I let myself forget the word. You, mm. it, it sounds like catalyze. It means the same thing, but you, if you, if you, if you do this to your base as a politician, uh, but if you motivate your base to Gen- be vocal and get out and vote. And that so few of our actual population as the voting age do vote that you can win elections that way. And then you can also cheat. Um, but so if they want to stay in power to keep. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to follow. to the lowest common denominator to stay in power. So Trump right. represents that lowest common denominator of the, the most base the most visceral yeah. conservative values that we have in this country. Like the, I was built to a punchline and you cut me off, man. Oh, I was going to say they only want to sleep with and reproduce with people that look like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. White women suck. But that's not going to happen, though, because that's not how people work. Also, I think it's funny because, hey, Noven Ryder, welcome. We're just wrapping it up with some hot topics here. <laughs> you know, I, I find it interesting because it's like any group this is like the what is the end game to quote white supremacy what is the end game because there is none the point the the only possible outcome well the the only possible outcome in my mind is total integration and diversity that is part of how society should function this is my opinion and and i see it only this way hang on hang on hang on so i'm just saying that uh you know you get a group you get the nation state of all the white folks right who passes as white? I, what, who gets through the gate, first of all? Now we've got every single white person in one spot. Now, they're going to be like, well, blonde white people are better than brown-haired white people. So we're going to tell the brown-haired white people to go over there. and the, you know, So it's going to be continually yeah. scapegoating. The scapegoat will continue to always exist because scapegoating is part of human nature. And we can combat our human nature on many in many different ways and we have done that we've overcome our nature so many times as humans which is uh when people just rely on that as a comeback where they're like well it's human nature (laughs) i'm like well we've also got a brain and we're also reasonable so that's also human nature to reason fairness (sighs) anyway go ahead yeah I think I that there are certain demographics of people who are obsessed with having an identity. Yes. Well, and maintaining yeah. an identity. Everybody wants to feel like they belong to something. Everybody. Well, Everybody wants they, to be like... They do, instead of just understanding that they do. They. Everybody does believe that. I feel like when every time I see the Q folks... Uh, screaming when that that comedian uh, for the Daily Show goes and interviews Trump folks, and they come I out with all these. Even, yeah, I actually <laughs> saw him in Second City before he went to the Daily Show. 
Yeah, he's great. He, he's he's very funny when he uh, he mentions all of the different. Um, well, you'll see the people say, you know, the f- people on Facebook that I don't like, I block. And all the people who I do like and agree with me, I follow. And I'm like, yes, because they literally, this guy literally said that. And I was like, that is because everyone wants to feel like they belong to something and feel accepted. Um, Novin Ryder says, you have both black and white supremacists out there screwing things up for the rest of us for the rest of us so if we're just pushing people up against a wall damn dude also i agree with what's his face about the incest seriously i swear that the white sups are one of those cults white supremacists are one of those cults where you your sister and your is your mother's is your cousin is your is your uncle daddy (laughs) but uh you know i don't know about if there's there are, well, I was saying earlier before, there's like the white supremacists who want to like have maintained this concept that in their mind that this country was built and founded only <laughs> by, uh, by, by white folks, which is demonstrably false because you cannot have a group of people uh, working... <laughs> It is situ- you cannot have an economy without the free labor that they had, which and you would not have a nation had they not had all of that going on. Um, for the worse, I'm not even going to say for better or for worse, <laughs> for the worse, because it's not the best way to start off a country, in my opinion. Uh, Will, did you have any more uh, Molotov cocktails? No, I didn't, but I've got I've got spittle all over my face from all the the responses to it. Um, (laughs) There's a lot of interesting little little rabbit trails that can come from everything that's been put out there. I I guess my point is, I don't know if the forthright with your responses. Well, thank you for having awesome uh, discussion topics. Incest, Joe. Yes, it comes down to this. Everybody, I've offended. Feel, you haven't offended I, anyone. I, I, this I just is a no feel like offense. I need to apologize. This is a no I offense zone. No I offense. Apolo- no, I apologize. I, I feel the need to apologize for apologizing. So, uh, well, my favorite yeah. thing is when someone says no offense before they say something rude, because they're like, "Wait, <laughs> do not retaliate to this rude comment I'm about to make." <laughs> like that's basically, <laughs> I am immune to my insensitivity toward you if I say no offense that has granted me immunity it, 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 it's, it doesn't um, but uh, you gotta be like Michael Jackson and say that's with love with love that's with love oh god oh you <laughs> that's love that's worms love. there <laughs> we'll talk about Michael Jackson tomorrow it'll be great yeah, we should talk about Jackson. colorism tomorrow Michael colorism Jackson. is a real thing uh, I, I disagree that there's um, a, a black supremacy in this country. I don't think that there's a movement what? for that. <laughs> I think there's a like some so, uh, Novin writer. Uh, my the opinion that I have about that is that black people just want to be, generally speaking, recognized as equal in this country, not yeah, superior, like, just recognized as equal. That is the goal. And like uh, the woman said in her rant from a year and a half ago, you best damn be happy that we're not looking for revenge. So, um, yeah. yeah. 
But uh, and I just want to I just want to be ten years old again and bouncing on a trampoline doing an Ed Grimley impression. I must say, I must say that's a bingo. Um, <laughs> that is the end game. The, the end game is so He's so decent. The end game is we're all gonna look like Steve Urkel's and Ed Grimley's. This is gonna be the new dress code. Get your hair oh, product. I do. I do like high waisted jeans. Uh, <laughs> Novin Ryder, where's this conversation not going? First of all, except okay, a sorry. lot of black folks are looking for revenge, actively doling it out. You ever been to jail, Ari? You know, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I've been thinking <laughs> of going to jail. <laughs> you know? Good golly. Um, well, you can continue this conversation if you like on Discord. <laughs> Will, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, just that last thing, just like we equate black people and revenge with jail like that's where we all reside yeah that's like odd because actually most of the people I know who either are in or have been to jail are white well the number well, is in like 11% of the nation is yeah. one thing <laughs> statistically the prison population proportionally. oh I know oh, oh I know I know I know I'm speaking terrible. to the audience not to you <laughs> you're 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 good. No, yeah, I'm just, just saying one, like yeah. we have a lot of terrible white criminals here. Yeah, I think people have a distorted perception <laughs> of the numbers. Yeah, I know you're trying to get out of here, but like that last one, like whoosh! I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> yeah, they try to keep because they try just, just what like, I thought it was out. <laughs> they keep they pull yeah. me back in. But According yeah, long story point. short. Yeah. The idea of black people largely outpaces the actual amount of black people that are even here in this country to do anything. Also, like I'm if not there sure. was a race war, we lose I'm 11% not sure. of the country versus 40. Novin Ryder, I respect that you have been to jail, and thank you for doing your penance and, and paying your price for your, the crime that you, you did or maybe you probably didn't do because nobody in jail has ever committed a crime, if it turns out. But also, I'm not sure... This is just my opinion where I'm coming from that a cross that the a jail represents a cross section of America. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Well, I haven't it's looked at the statistics. System. Yeah. Um the Why famous do you think the 40- Trump campaign so hard in Montana. Because uh, they have I think they have the highest private prison system. Right. In Montana? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the prison systems, they're, you know, the prison systems, they're really, you know, they're really, oh, look at that. The, sound, the music oh, just came up. What? What? We're done here? some wrap up music just happened. I'm like, oh, good golly. Thank you guys so much for all your. Uh, your commentary, your input, I appreciate you, Dover Rotter, Edge, Edge, Edo, and uh, Studio 8H, and everybody who is here. Is this Will talking with us today, bringing up some hot topics, making us think, along with Kay Griff <laughs> and her superintendent, her superintendent who loves black we, guys. If you're a black man, she's ready to mingle, and she's single. Oh, Lord. Oh yeah. So, what a week uh, this Monday has been. <laughs> what a week this Monday has been. That is a great way to put. It's Monday. To, to, 
It's Monday. It's new Monday. Who this? All right, everybody. You're beautiful. I love you. I got to go eat my sandwich. Good night, everybody. Enjoy. Good night, everybody. Cheers. Toodaloo, folks. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye. <laughs>